0: Good morning, I am Katrina Luchasano with Silverton Mortgage, and welcome to my first podcast called More Than Mortgages. Today, I have named my first show, My Story. I have with me two wonderful guests. I have a longtime friend and my favorite closing attorney, Ben Baker with Baker and Summy, And I have my wonderful real estate agent, Holly Norman with Remax Center. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Ben, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got in the business and what type, what type of law you practice.
1: Yes. So uh, my name's Ben Baker. I'm an attorney. I've been an attorney in Gwinnett County for 23 years. I got started uh, in real estate uh, doing closings um, right out of law school. But before that, I did title exams in the courthouse for about six years. So I learned from the ground up everything about real estate starting there. And um, moved on, um, expanded my practice to include a state law. We do, we probate wills, prepare wills and trust, and also um, form LLCs and do business organization.
0: Okay, I was not aware of that. Great. And um, you have other people in your office?
1: I do. We have four attorneys, including myself, Mm -hmm. and five paralegals.
0: Wow. Oh, gosh, that's great.
1: So we've expanded uh, it for many years it was just myself mm-hmm. and two paralegals so mm-hmm. in the last few years i've expanded to so we could better provide services for our clients
0: okay and i know um you have other offices right you don't just
1: right we have offices at sandy springs we have one in coming and one in the brazelton area
0: okay well great and next up we have holly norman with remax center hi welcome and tell us about yourself please So I was licensed in 2003.
2: So I got into the business um, by goals, goal setting and a little luck, actually. So it was a neighbor of mine who came and approached me um, asking for a buyer's agent. And I jumped at the chance and never looked back. So 19 years in the business and love every day of it
0: that's awesome and where is where do you primarily work
2: so i am a repeat and referral based agent so i go to where my clients need me to go okay so primarily though if you take a land and draw a circle Mm -hmm. around it so nine nine different counties so gwinnett hall north fulton DeKalb, cobb jackson um forsyth so really just that that whole area there we cover
0: okay And then do you have help for your business?
2: I do, I do. So I have two full-time assistants. So one is a client
0: concierge and one is my director of marketing. Okay, I'm sure you need that. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, well, I was going to go ahead and jump into why I decided to title this My Story. Um, Just a backstory for myself, I've been 30 years similar to you guys, right? Um, In the business, doing mortgages um, in Georgia tooling along, minding my own business. Um, Luckily, Ben, you had prepared a will for us back in the day. And then um, as recent as, I guess, two years ago, um, we were able to have that updated by your office. And I had no idea that I would actually need it. Um, A year ago, my husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer. As you know, Ben, you were the first phone call that we made. Um, Bob had a business. And so that was critical that we try to get that business sold. Um, So you were kind enough to review his um, business sale agreement and also comfort me that, hey, you know, don't worry, we're we're covered. You've got everything in the will that we need done, um, the title on the house. So um, just to back up real quick on the wills, um, what, what, I know you just, you know, hand me kind of a here, you know, but you talked about a lot of different things with us. So Mm -hmm. can you tell our listeners what What a will is for, why one needs it, what to look for.
1: Right. So the will is your opportunity to dictate how you want your personal belongings, real estate, personal property to go after your death. And Mm -hmm. um, everyone needs a will. Most people think, "Well, I don't need a will," but um, everyone needs a will because it saves your family. After, Mm -hmm. as you from your experience, it saves your family from a lot of heartache and Mm -hmm. headaches. Um, And for it gives the person who made the will peace of mind that they know that that what they want to happen after their, their death is going to happen right you know the instructions are there the people that they want to have what you know they want them to have um, if you don't have a will um, it's left up to the laws of the state it doesn't mean that the state gets your property but the state determines where your property goes mm. so if It's better for you to have that opportunity to dictate where your property goes after your death.
0: And then I know, Ben, um, you know, being married to an insurance agent, Bob never had a problem stating, hey, this is who we want, you know, this kid to go or these children to go to. um, This is who we want for, you know, trustee. Um, So how do you sit with people? Is there um, because it's super overwhelming Mm -hmm. and um, just hard to think about? these tough questions so you very much simplified it for us you seem to have a good format so can you explain the process for the first person
1: right so what we like to do is sit down and and hand a questionnaire over to um, the individual to fill out and that gives us the opportunity to to assess their estate see what they own how it's owned um, and then we draw the documents up from from there. We'll meet to determine, you know, do you have life insurance? Do you have accounts that have beneficiaries designated already? Because um, there are some things that you can do that would bypass the will. Like insurance policies, you can make beneficiaries, um, name beneficiaries in the policies. Um, certain bank accounts, you can name beneficiaries for the bank accounts. So those items would not pass through the will so we'd like to get a total assessment of what the estate looks like first before we draft the will because there are certain items that you may not realize you have that would not even fall under the will at your death
0: Mm. and then um with the minor children um I know that how often should you have the will updated
1: that's an important thing if you have children you you certainly should have a will even if you don't feel like you need one because you you get to determine in your will who you want to be the guardian of your children and if you do not make that designation through a will it could be left up to the courts to decide where your children go at your death you know if you're Mm. a soul if you're a single parent um, You know that's some obviously you need a will to determine that you know if Mm -hmm. you're married and and you pass away at the same time of a common disaster you know you want to make sure that your children are going to be taken care of by the people that you trust Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise it would they would have to go to court and and all of that would be supervised by the court
0: wow so you lose control right yeah And Holly, I know that we've talked and you've had a personal story yourself of loss in your family. Can you share with us if that's okay?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So my sister-in-law suddenly passed away at the age of 45. Wow. So there was no warning whatsoever. Her heart just ran its course in life and she Mm. died instantly. And so it was very shocking to everyone Mm -hmm. in the family. Um, And what do you do? Mm -hmm. So she was not married, and she didn't have any children. And there was also no will. Wow. And it was really, really difficult for the family. So the first thing, you know, after we're all at the hospital, you get get through the initial shock, and then it's, what are her wishes? Mm -hmm. What do we do now? We're... Where does she wanna get buried? How does she wanna be buried? Like what, we didn't have any answers to any questions because there was no preparation for this beforehand. So it was really a dash. The whole Mm -hmm. family went to her house and it felt like such a violation at the Uh time of doing it. It really did because we're just going through her office and her, Mm -hmm. her personal documents because we're just trying to find a will. Because we want to know what, what she wanted, mm. what did she want, and we didn't know that, so it was difficult, and it caused some infighting within the family and some mm. hurt feelings, and that carried over for years and years and years. Mm. So I, um, I'm a testament to that. Wow. That a
0: will is very, very important for a family. Mm. I know, um, Ben. With my situation, my son was seventeen. When Bob passed, and um, at your office, uh, you had counseled to wait to file probate until after he turned 18, June 29. Right, so
1: it was so close to his birthday. Yeah, and I didn't 18. have any idea
0: about probate, to be honest with right. you. I just thought, oh, okay, I got my will, I'm good. And then when you said, oh, you got to file probate, what? So, can you explain probate?
1: <laughs> so, probate is where you validate the will. So, you have to file it with the court, and the court looks through the will and, and determines um through the will who to appoint as the executor which is the person who's the administrator you know takes care of this estate and and does everything that to honor the wishes of the decedent the person who has died
0: so that's why Um, you took the will the original copy of it okay i didn't ever know that right right. so
1: you know the will is the will has to be validated through the court okay so -hmm. that's the first thing we do is Mm -hmm. we file it with the court the court then processes it the executors appointed because basically the will nominates these people to be executor hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean they are qualified the will the the court determines that okay. after they've assessed and then processed the will so then the executors appointed and then at that point the executors can go about the business of settling the estate um they'll they'll be granted the authority to deal with banks sell property do anything to you know that needs to be done to settle this estate.
0: did you um on the reason for my son to be 18 i remember you said that um if we didn't wait then he wouldn't be able to sign off i'm, I'm trying right, to remember cause because we all he, had to go in my children and you know sign right. the form that because um, he
1: was a minor. And uh-huh. so the minors, a uh, guardian would have to be appointed oh, okay. by the court to sign off for him because, you know, they would have to do that in his interest since he is not was not an adult at the time. Wow. Which is an extra step yes. in validating the will. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we were so close to his 18th birthday. We yep. said, let's wait till he's 18, then we can file the probate.
0: Okay. And then um, I received the call that um, I guess the court had received. Uh, or assigned me as the executor right. and then I had to go to the courthouse which was interesting and test them. now you had to do the same thing Holly, right for your sister-in-law you had to go to the court and be able to um attest attest that
1: when well, you take an oath
0: that yes, you'll yes. follow
1: the you know the instructions in the will yes. and do what you're supposed to do to settle the estate
0: yeah that was surreal that was right. um just I don't know you know and there were people in front of me who were for their children Mm -hmm. um doing it you know husbands yeah it was anytime
1: you're in court and you're asked to swear you know that you're going to fulfill the duties that you've been appointed yeah it's a serious situation right
0: right and you know holly i know um you going on listing appointments you um or even working with buyers. So what are the things that um, you try to look for to make sure that these properties can be sold? Because probate brings up another subject of I don't know how many times I've had a closing and all of a sudden the closing attorney will say, well, it was never probated. Um, so I know you've had some experience in that, right?
2: Yes, I have. So you want to first and foremost make sure that you are dealing with the executor, right? So okay. you want their letters of testamentary. Correct. Yes, <laughs> letters of testamentary. Mm-hmm. So you want you want a copy of those and you want them in the file because mm-hmm. you want to know that they're the decision maker. The last thing you want to do is go through the process, get to the closing of table and find out that they have no power to sell the house whatsoever.
0: Mm. So you want to talk to the right person from the get go. So if they, if that, if you don't have the power, then what is that process, Ben? So if Holly has a listing or brings a buyer and they haven't accepted the contract, then you find out that or you've done your due diligence, Holly. Right. Right. Then Ben, what happens next?
1: So we do a title exam to, to check the state of the title to see what you know if there are liens and mortgages on the property, um, and, and if we have if we've been notified that the owner is, is now deceased, that gives us notice to check the probate records to see if any probates have been filed, any wills have been filed or administrations have been filed. If they haven't, then that tells us, you know, we have a contract here for the sale of a property that's not valid because it hasn't been signed off by the authorized representative of the estate.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So, you know, and that process has to be followed and it could take time you could you know you could look three to six months before you you've got any activity to where you can actually have the executor sign that listing agreement or the contract wow
0: Hmm. i didn't have any idea on that and i didn't realize the timeline of that um i was going to say we had talked also about with title so Mm. um i have always been told to have a husband and wife take title as joint um, ben, can you explain really quickly so the there, differences in title?
1: Right. So there are two ways that they could take title. We've got tenants in common, which means they each have a, an equal share of the property. But at their death, their share has to pass through their estate. Hmm. If you title it as joint tenants with of rider survivorship, the survivor of the two on title automatically receives title to the property. They they have full title to the property at the death of the other title holder.
0: And in that case, real quick, can um, so for example, with me, if I have joint title, although we did have Bob sign it over mm-hmm. to me um, prior to his passing, but if it was still in joint title. I am the executor so i could then sell my property and not have to wait without for going probate? through the will because okay. you own it got
1: it so at the time of the death of the joint tenant this automatically passes to the survivor okay so the survivor has full rights to do whatever they can want to do with the property
0: okay and then if the other ways of title I didn't mean to stop. Uh, well, tenants
1: in common, so you have two people that own title together. Mm-hmm. One of them dies, their share has to be it has to go through their estate. Mm-hmm. So if they have a will, their will should would determine, you know, who gets that property. Mm-hmm. If they don't have a will, then what you have is a, another probate form is administration. So the court appoints an administrator which is equal to an executor. You just don't have a will. So the administrator is appointed and the administrator has the right to sell the property for the estate.
0: Hmm. And then um, Holly, so when you're working with buyers, I know Mm -hmm. we have buyers who are not married. Um, Do you have a way that you counsel them as to how to take title or do you defer that to Ben, to the closing attorney? it depends on the situation so I've been in this situation before
2: typically my advice is if you are the only person on the loan if you are unmarried and you're the only person on the loan you should be the only person on title because Mm -hmm. what happens if you break up and you're both on title and you guys don't get along Mm
0: -hmm. true
2: right so the person that has the loan the other person that's not on the loan can prevent the person on the loan from selling the property
0: Mm -hmm. right yes
2: so i that that's always my advice so Mm -hmm. i caution when people are unmarried if only one person's on the loan now if they're both on the loan joint tenants in common then switch it if they get married down the road switch it Mm -hmm. to right to survivorship i think that's a different situation yeah but there's only one person on the loan, they should be the only person on the title,
0: in my opinion. Right. And Ben, I know that we had talked when we first met, um, the three of us, about if it is joint title. And again, you've got a non-married couple purchasing a home. They're both on the loan. They're both joint title. But I know you brought up a point that, well, we have to then make sure that, as it does pass to that other person, what about uh, you know John or Mary's family of mm-hmm. the deceased. Are they going to be okay with that? So
1: right. So we need to have an unmarried couple, and they each have separate ownership interest in the property. and It is not joint tenants. If it's joint tenants, then you know the survivor gets that share of the deceased owner. But if they're um, tenants in common, which means they each have their own separate interest that's with no survivorship clause, then and one of them dies then that person's if they don't have a will that states that the survivor the other person on title you know, gets their share then it would go to the family or the heirs at law of the person that died
0: it almost seems like maybe that would be a better way then right just mm-hmm. so that that way at least you know say mom and dad your your son or your daughter and you're not going to have any remembrance or any um part of your
1: Mhm
0: child's uh life you know right. or financial life
1: right if they're not going to you know if the in most cases if you have a couple and they're both on the loan and they're both you know paying on the property and they've both put a down payment on the property you know depending on where the down payment came from if yeah. it came from the parents of the one who died they may want their down payment back
0: right <laughs> well we did talk about that as well That's i know right. with large right holly you had had where there was um a large amount of money with one of the buyers correct and a trust and yes now the other person's coming in and doesn't have a part and the family who has the trust is going to want to control keep control of that Mm -hmm. that's
2: right that's absolutely Mm -hmm. right so when you get into when i get into situations like that i usually will defer to an attorney yeah Right. Because Mm -hmm. typically the family with the trust has an attorney that is advising them. So I think that both parties in the transaction, right? So if I have Mm -hmm. two different buyers, one has a trust, one doesn't have a trust. I think that they need some attorney advice there on what this looks like on the backside
1: so yeah mm -hmm. they certainly should do their homework to determine Mm -hmm. you know okay we both own this property we each have a 50 percent interest in this property if i die what happens to my interest do i want it to go to the other person on title with me or do i want my interest to go to my parents or my siblings you know that's when they need a will they need a will anyway but they Mm -hmm. need the will to specifically dictate what happens to that share at their death
0: yeah Holly, do you ask um, when you go on listing appointments or work with buyers, do you ask them if they have a will? Like I never have personally to the mortgage side.
2: You know, it's not something that I do at my appointments. It is something that um, my team has started doing with an annual review. Mm
0: -hmm. So we
2: have a process now where once a year we reach out to our past clients. Mm and we ask them all sorts of questions Mm -hmm. so we update obviously their their valuation of their property but we um, also ask them about wills and trust financial planners and do they even need just a general type of contractor right Mm -hmm. just you know some sort of handyman or or some you know for a repair or something that's going on in their house so we do reach Mm -hmm. out and we have started asking that question because have having gone through it myself and having um been in this business for a long time right 19 years i've i've seen a lot mm-hmm. so if we can help people avoid these pitfalls now yep. so they don't have to deal with them down the road then that certainly is is a value add i believe for our clients and i
0: go ahead and ben. you can
1: certainly you you know in all the years that we've been working yeah. together things have changed and you see a lot more of these situations where you have unmarried couples buying yes. properties together mm-hmm. bu- taking out loans together yeah and you know it could potentially be a real problem yep. if something were to happen and look at covid um, right right everybody
0: i talked to has somebody some family member that they lost right during covid unfortunately Right. right. that so didn't that wasn't prepared
1: right and yeah. so, you know, sp- especially nowadays with mm-hmm. with ha- that, going through that, the mm-hmm. COVID and and, and and experiencing, you know, unexpected deaths, mm-hmm. um, more reason oh, to have a will. Right. Um, and especially if you're in a sort of a non-traditional situation where you're not married. Because if you were married, it would be a lot simpler situation if you didn't have a will. Mm-hmm. But when you aren't married and you are buying properties together and you are borrowing money together, you certainly should have a plan in place mm-hmm. for your death.
0: Right, right. And then um, just, I guess, Ben, uh, for your business, what you see, let's talk today. How are you seeing uh, the market? I know you're doing a lot of development um, contracts, right? For commercial, con- not commercial, but for right. residential community takedowns. So of and course
1: we see, you know, developers are still in the development mode, mm-hmm. um, but w- w- we certainly have seen the slowdown in the refinance market. Yes, I mean, yes. that's pretty much- Everybody
0: got their 2.5% rate. Right, <laughs> and they're locked in and
1: they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So I think yeah. that also affects people that would probably want to move, but they're like, I don't want to, you know, take on a seven percent mortgage right now with a new house right, right. so I'm just gonna stay where I am mm-hmm. you know, so we see the resales have slowed down a lot we're still seeing commercial um, properties selling um, we're still doing commercial refinancing because that's a different those rates are different they're they're um, determined differently than the mortgage rates right so um, definitely a slowdown in the refinances that's a no-brainer mm-hmm. um, the commercial market seems to slow down after yeah. the residential market. Mm-hmm. So, you know, depending on how things go, we probably will start to see a slowdown in the commercial.
0: Yeah, and then Holly, how are you seeing it <coughs> at your end? So,
2: same, same to to a point. So, there definitely has been a slowdown. There, there's there's a lot of people that are sitting this out. It is hard when. Like I have some clients, when they started looking last year, their interest rate was 4%. Mm. Their interest rate today is 7%. Mm. That's a that's a big difference in their yep. monthly payment, mm-hmm. right? So it's a huge difference. So a lot of people are sitting it out, and I think they're waiting on these huge price drops to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So there was an article that, mm-hmm. that was out yesterday about um, a nationwide that the home values are going to drop 20%. Mm okay so let's put that in perspective first of all i'm not seeing that i the fluff is gone right Mm -hmm. so the days are gone that we put a house on the market on thursday we get forty-seven thousand offers by sunday and somebody's paying you know a hundred thousand dollars over asking those days that is not happening now it's actually a great time for a buyer to buy a house as far as their ability to negotiate right we're back to normal negotiation patterns yes one two three percent off it's mm-hmm. not these 20% drops. Mm-hmm. And I really just don't see it on the horizon. Mm-hmm. But let's just play devil's advocate, right? And what if it did happen? Okay, so mm-hmm. what if all of our values dropped by 20%? Well, if we have owned our house longer than a year, we're losing 2021's appreciation. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Mm-hmm. Homes appreciated 20% in 2021. So if they drop 20%, we're back to 2020 pricing. Yep. Well, prior to. COVID things were very steady the real estate market was very steady so it was just it was a normal normal days on market we had normal interest rates four and five percent right right it was just kind of a happy time yep so I I think Mm -hmm. that things are going to settle in and but it's going to take time Mm-hmm. I think people are just sitting it out on the sidelines, waiting to see what's what's going to happen. But I, I just this this big crash, I just don't think is coming.
1: I agree. Do you think a drop in the prices will sort of absorb the, the increase higher interest in the rates? rate? Exactly. So exactly. That might yep. help level things out.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Fed doing their last rate increase last Wednesday of three quarter of a percent to the prime, which really affects the short term rates, the right. credit cards, the home equity lines of credit this was the first time that there was a leveling off on Mm -hmm. our fixed rates. So um, I also, for me, I have so many people who, like you say, uh, you know, we live in a great area. We're um, in Gwinnett County, we're Metro Atlanta, we're in Georgia, and we have a lot of business that has been coming into Georgia. And so with that, there still are pent up buyers they're not going to sit long. If that house comes on the market that they like, they're going to buy it. They don't care about that rate.
2: That's right. You're right. exactly right. Mm. Um, Atlanta, so Money Magazine actually just named Atlanta the best place to live in the country.
0: Yeah. Yep. So
2: that's huge. Yes. Right? So yes. Atlanta is a huge market. We, um, we're we really the hub of the South, and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of business here, right? Every mm-hmm. major business has has some sort of headquarters here. Right. so the Atlanta market has always been I think a little underpriced Mm -hmm. compared to other larger cities yes yes
0: with given what our industry is and what the Mm -hmm. income is you're absolutely right
2: that's right so I think I think that um we're kind of catching up with some other bigger cities Mm -hmm. but I still think there's a lot of value to be had in Atlanta I agree and then Katrina too I bet you're seeing a lot of buy downs right so this is to Ben's point this is a way that we are able to help buyers right now to help with those payments, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those high payments, right? Yep. These 2-1 buy-downs. Yep. So um, I've got an example. So I, I, ran, I ran a calculation on one one of my listings um, this week. So on a $365,000 townhome, a two-point buy-down for the first year would save $445 a month, mm-hmm. right? So that's mm-hmm. a lot of money yep. in a payment for for a year right and then the second year i think it came in like 227 yep. so it's a little over mm-hmm. eight thousand dollars those first two years and that mm-hmm. puts some distance right between now and what's going to happen with interest rates and in lower the rates yeah yeah
0: <laughs> right well, so we, are, we
1: anticipate that the rates will drop at some point right in mm-hmm. the future well
0: what goes so, up must come down right right. <laughs> right um so we are about ready to wrap up our show yeah. my goodness time has flown this has been <laughs> so much fun Um, I know this is huge. I'm going to, Ben, just if you don't mind, um, and Holly, share your information. I think, Ben, especially with the end of the year coming, um, people, when you're out there thinking about your Christmas list, give your family a will. I think that would be the best Christmas present. Um, Yes. I can tell you personally how easy it was to pull it out. And just call Ben and say, here it is. And he took it from there for me. So, So Ben, go ahead. Share your information. Yeah, this is the
1: time of year that we're busier with wills because Mm -hmm. people are thinking, you know, we're getting toward the end of the year. New year's starting. I want to get my wills, you know, everything straight um, going into the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So, we're very busy this time of year preparing wills and trusts Mm -hmm. and estates.
0: And so, if somebody wanted to get a hold of So you, what yeah. I
1: would tell people um, to give us a call, 404-566-4535, and um, 404-566-4535, um, and um, we'd be happy to help.
0: And do you have an it's email?
1: Email. You can email me personally at Ben at B a s attorneys.com that's ben my first name at b as in boy a as an apple s as in sam attorneys.com
0: very good and holly how about for your information
2: sure so my phone number is 678-820-4454 678-820-4454 and my email is holly h-o-l-l-y at holly norman sells S E L L S dot com Holly at Holly dot com.
0: Great and Holly, I love that for Christmas. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I am the mortgage queen and yeah. I've Silverton Mortgage. Um, we are a mortgage lender, residential mortgage lender. And for anybody who has any mortgage questions, please call me. My phone number is six seven eight seven seven eight six eight five eight. Again, six seven eight seven seven eight six eight five eight and just call me because my email is too long. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again. This has been wonderful. Um thank you I so appreciate us. yes, yes you being you so here much. and we have a lot more to talk about. So look forward to our next next podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.